0: All right, let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. We are uh, we are in all of you, Father, and we're in all of the the power that you have. We're in all of the opportunities that that you have given to us. We thank you so much, Father. Bless us as we as we study this morning, bless us as we worship. We we pray, Father, that uh, that our that our honor to you will go up as a sweet aroma. You will be pleased with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Father, we, we're, uh, we pray blessings on this church as we move forward, as we strive to interact within the community, all the things that are going on here and that we're involved with, and we just thank you so much for all those opportunities. Make us aware of more. Make us aware of things that we can do, that we can, that we can share your son with a lost and dying world. Father, thank you for the opportunities that are going to come. Father, we pray you be with Louis. We pray mm-hmm. you be with that family. We pray that you be with, with Andy and, and Terry's family. They, they have gone through a lot over the last year. They've got a lot, of, a lot of issues, and I just pray, Father, that you be with him, be with Lewis as he as he strives to get better, and be with his medical people that are dealing with him, and be with Andy and Terry and Daniel and that whole family as they as they strive to get past this past year. Father, just bless them, and thank you for them, and thank you for their encouragement, the encouragement they are to, to many of us here that know them. Bless us, Father. Help us to, as we study. Help us to learn. Open our hearts, Father, that we might accept what, what you tell us, and we might apply it to our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're gonna be in 1 Peter chapter 2. If you want to turn over there. Come on in, guys. We got plenty of chairs right up front, y'all don't mind sitting up front. <laughs> I won't bite a promise. They'll be able to see you online, but you
1: know.
0: Good to see you guys. I thought y'all were gonna be gone. We're hey. yesterday. Today we're back. Okay remember I told you for those of you who haven't been in here before first and second Peter look at them like a survival manual for when you're having having struggles in your life you know when you how do I stay strong in tough times relate back to what Peter's going to tell you over these two books think about what he tells you think about all the things that he's going to that he's going to remind us of that we have access to because of Christ and because of what our relationship with Christ and so I look at it as a survival manual. It really is that. You know, when you get into tough times, go back and remember, you know, what we've studied so far. The, the the hope that I have based on what Christ has done. I have a hope in God that I cannot get from the world. I can't get my that hope from anywhere else. I have a salvation that even angels long to understand. They long to understand what I take for granted. They long to look at those things. They don't understand them. Think about it, guys. Angels long to understand what you and I walk through every day. The prophets who wrote about these things, the prophets, Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, these guys wrote about this stuff, and they didn't understand what they were writing. It says they longed to understand. They searched intently with the greatest care, trying to find out the times and the circumstances where the grace was pointing them to. So, and we have that at our at our fingertips. What could should get in the way of that? When, when things come in our lives, and they're going to come, I've looked around this room. We just talked about this. You know, a family who's been in, in, in health turmoil for a year, okay? Daniel told us the other day that two doctors told him the other day that they were sure he wasn't going to make it through the night one night. And they were amazed that he's up and walking and talking and, and, and vibing. And now he's been cleared to go back to work. Just, you know, when those tough times come, what are you going to rely on? You're gonna rely on the garbage in the world? How's that working for them? How's that working for the world? They're, they're in chaos and, and getting deeper into the chaos as we speak. I want something that I can hold on to and 1st and 2nd Peter give me that because every almost every verse gives me something different that I can look at and say I am special. I am unique. I have something that other people don't have and now I want to share it with them. I want them to have what I have. And so in chapter 2 he said that he just talked about the salvation and how, how great it is. And he says in chapter two, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind, like newborn babes, crave spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. That now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, I know that uh, that when that when God uh, came into my life, okay. I knew that I had stepped into something that I had no idea about I had no clue where this was going to go and no clue how how deep this was going to go I knew something special had just happened in my life I didn't know what exactly know how it worked exactly but I knew that something unique had happened for me and I'm saying you know what you know I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see how this unfolds. bolts I can't wait to see what it because I didn't grow up in this I didn't have this where I where mom and daddy were teaching where I went to Men's breakfast and had and had somebody stand up here and do a devotional for two or three or four minutes. I didn't have any of that. I'm looking around saying, you know what, man, something unique has happened. And so when I when I realized that it was a it was the next step was I got to stop doing what I was doing. I got to stop doing this stuff. And that's what he said: rid yourself. And remember, I told you last week or two weeks ago, it means to strip off, take it off, like when you have dirty clothes, strip it off and get rid of this stuff. Get. Get away from the things that caused the chaos in the first place. Hold on to what God's promised you. Hold on to that. But strip off the things that get you in turmoil in the first place. Okay? And then he says, and he says like newborn babes, and we talked about this a bit a couple weeks ago. I've been born again. Okay? I asked my class Friday night because I'm going to put a sermon together that I'm going to preach at Portrait at some point. I don't know when that's going to be. But, you know, how do babies, how do they grow through their lives to end up either good or bad. What and, and I asked my class and they gave me all kinds of things. And one of the things I told them, I said, sometimes it's just the DNA that's in them. Sometimes, sometimes they, that they have a propensity towards certain you know, it's like, you know, you you're born into a certain dynamic and you have the propensity to have a certain kind of cancer or a certain kind of this or whatever. It could be some kind of health thing. You know, and sometimes that we have that we have the dynamic that we live in. Uh, that uh, that you know where where these people... I, I know of a situation of somebody that I know where that person came from and I know what their family was like. And now that they've turned out the way they did, I said, it's not a surprise because it's the way they were bent to begin with. And so I said, you know, I have been given the DNA from God. Okay? I have been dwelled by the Holy Spirit because I have been washed by the blood and I'm striving to be, be the disciple I'm supposed to be. And when I was washed by the blood, when I was added by God to the church, he gave me the gift of the Holy Spirit and said, this is a down payment for you. This is the down payment. It's just a taste. Here's a taste of what it's going to be like. Only a smidgen of it. It's an earnest of your salvation. You know you know what an earnest money contract is, right? Some financial guy know what an earnest money contract is. where I make a promise, right? I make a promise. I say, I'm going to buy a $400,000 house. I'm going to give you $2,000 here. I'm going to sign this contract. If everything goes right, you know, then then I'm going to buy this house, right? And if everything doesn't go right and I back out, what happens to my $2,000? They keep it, right? They keep the money. But it's it's a promissory note. And what has God said? He said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'll make a promise to you. He said, here's a down payment. Here's an earnest of your salvation. Just think of what's coming. If this is so, what's good now, what do you think's coming? I said, Phew, man. And we talked about that before when we talked about the Holy Spirit. We did that already of how that works in our lives and everything. But now, when he says here, I want to. He says, crave. In some text, uh, I think the King James says, crave the sincere spiritual milk of the Word. Okay. He says, crave as a baby, crave milk. What happens to a child, Ruth? Baby, you got one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What happens if you decide I'm not giving her milk anymore?
1: She cries
0: and throws it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> right? What happens, what happens if you just let her cry and just don't ever give her milk anymore? What happens? I
1: don't know. I've never tried it. <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys think would happen? What do you think would happen? It will change the way they grow and develop. Mm-hmm. You, they, you give them not the
0: nourishment they need. To. I, used to, I used to raise baby cats. I'd go to a dairy and get one, and I'd buy it, and I'd raise it to, to kill it, and eat it, and uh, and I had a lot of problems with it at because I didn't know what I was doing, and uh, and I went to a dairy in Schulenberg and it was a it was a, a dairy, and the guy said, here I'm going to give you this, and he gave me two bottles of milk, and he said, here this is this is this is mother's milk, it has colostrum in it. Colostrum what? bigger calf, you know. I looked, and he said he said give them for the first three or four days I'm going to drink this just feed them this and he said and it will help keep them and man I never lost another calf I was losing calves all the time. You know, they always got sick something was happening to them I have to get rid of them because I, I couldn't get them healthy and 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 I never had another one because there's something about that milk that spiritual milk that that mama's milk I need you know Paul Paul told us uh, the and I'm not going to go over there but uh, Paul said told the church of Corinth he said he said, I had to give you milk because you weren't ready for solid food. If you decided to give a, a newborn, a month old, two months old, three months old, steak and potatoes, what's going to happen?
1: They're going to choke.
0: They're going to choke. They're going to choke. You know, I don't know. That there was a time when we let them chew on crackers, and, and if it was, they, you know, I don't know which one it was, right? They, they, and they, they start. You have to be careful when you gave them certain kinds of food because they just weren't ready for it. You have to ask yourself, am I ready? For more spiritual, more am I ready for more dynamic or do I still need spiritual milk? What is it I need? I've tasted the Lord is good. I know that he's good. I want more. But I couldn't handle more. There was some things I couldn't grab a hold of. I remember calling Steve Gilmore. Y'all remember Steve Gilmore? Steve Gilmore was our minister of education, I think. And I and I was right over here right across. That wasn't that all of that was there was offices over there. I went over to Steve's office and I said, I don't understand. You gotta help. And he said, you're not ready. I said, what? <laughs> he said, you're not ready to understand this. And after he explained it, I said, you're right. I don't have a clue what you just said. said hold, hold on a minute, see? I mean, uh, Larry, go ahead.
1: My wife and I were talking about on a walk yesterday. It seems like everybody has to go through spiritual life stages. Mm-hmm. And if, you can't go from being a newborn to an elder. No. No, it it doesn't work no. like that. You have to you have to go from yeah. the newborn yeah. to a youth, Yeah. to an adult, yeah. to the elder. It's like, it's it's just like our own lives, but in a spiritual sense, yeah. that's how we have to develop.
0: so Larry, we'll go second.
1: You know, you were talking about the uh, verse one of chapter two. And you were talking about when you first became a member of the church, and you didn't know what it was going to bring you to. You didn't know where we you were going. We don't understand today the depth of it all. You know, we think we've been in church 50 years. We should have a pretty good handle on this. But we don't understand the depth of it. You know,
0: you know, Paul wrote, I think it was to the church of Philippi, and he said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling." That doesn't mean I can work my salvation. That's not what it means. I do not work and get my salvation. What it means is is that I kept to keep unwrapping it. I keep unwrapping this gift. And the more I unwrap, the more I'm going to discover, the more I'm going to learn. And I have to keep doing it. I have to do it with fear and trembling because it is a scary thing sometimes to unwrap some of the things. You think, man, I became an elder a while back. I don't remember how long we've been, Dan. You and I became elders at the same time. How long has it been? It's been a while. It's been a while. Man, scared to death. You know what? I'm more scared now than I was then. I understand the magnitude and the gravity of it. I understand what is at what's at stake. I understand that you guys' souls are at stake here, and it's my job sometimes to break your leg. You may not like getting your leg broke, but that's my job. You, know, you, know, you keep running off. You
1: keep you keep running off.
0: What do you think? What do you think we're supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? At some point we have we you you're just gonna go. There's nothing we can do at some point. But it doesn't mean we don't try. It doesn't mean no that's scary, guys. So as I unwrap this spiritual gift, this, as I unwrap this thing, I'm finding more and more. You, you guys, y'all did it now. Now y'all done it. Now, now people are going to expect you to be able to step up and do some of this stuff, you know, which is a good thing. But what, what comes next? You know, what comes next? You know, at what point do you, you say, okay, I can lead singing or I can lead a prayer. And what comes next, maybe somebody's going to ask you to preach. Maybe something's going to happen to me and you're going to have to start going to court in my place, you know that's scary. You know that's scary. That's a scary thing, man. You know, but I've tasted the Lord as good, and I I want I don't I don't need milk anymore. I don't need that anymore I can I can I can chew on solid stuff now, and I'm learning all kinds. I'm still learning today. I'm still learning things that I didn't know. I learned about certain verses all the time. i I've stayed. I had somebody on Friday night said I want to know what this means, and I said I'll go look it up and I'll figure it out. And I'll talk to you next Friday about it. So, you know, how long we study Hebrews. It's y'all, I, mean, I, learned, so I I study Hebrews and I still learn stuff that I didn't know before. You know, so, you know, it's, 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 once you've tasted the Lord, it's good. Okay? And you go away from it. We've talked about it. Okay. And once you go away from it, it is a scary, scary place out there. When you know that you've abandoned, what do you think the prodigal son thought? When he wakes up in a pig pen, longing to eat with a pigsry. You know, I mean he said, I'll go back to my father's house. You think it wasn't scary for him? Unwrapping this gift, this can be that way. But you know what? Man, I've got I've got this Peter telling me, man, look at what now look at what he tells him next. Look at next. He said, As you come to him, and I come to Christ, the living stone. What does it mean he's a living stone? What does that mean? That he's a living stone. You know, he's solid. He's, Something he's solid. Somebody can depend on. He's alive. How, how, you know? There's right down here at the at the corner of the, uh, oh, I don't know what the name of the street is, but uh, uh, there's some big rocks, huge rocks out in front of that. There used to be a bank. It used to be Nations Bank. Remember? Salem Road. Silent Salem Road. That's it. Yeah. Right. And right there, and and you know, I think I wonder how heavy those things are. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they're pretty oh, heavy. you think? You think one of them's going to ever get up and walk away? You think they'll ever sprout legs and walk?
1: Nobody's going <laughs> <want> to speak.
0: Because <laughs> they're not alive. They're not alive. They're dead. That's a, just an inanimate object. Jesus, on the other hand, is the most important stone, the most important rock that we'll ever have, that we'll ever come in contact with, and he's alive. He's alive. He just reiterated what he said already in chapter 1. And this is what he said. There, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans. And, and we can go to all kinds. Of, John chapter 1, Jesus said, I came to that which was my own, and that my own rejected me. It, who put him on a cross? People did. His own people put him on a cross. People reject him today. People spend a lot of time trying to convince people, trying kind to of convince us, trying to convince other people that Jesus is not real. They reject him. That's not going to work out so good for them down the road, but that's what they try to do. They want they, they want to prove their narrative, so they have to prove that he doesn't exist, that he's not real, that he wasn't really, he wasn't really a, a real figurehead. And he says here, he said, but he said, This as you come to him the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. God chose him. All right? He says Before the foundation of the world, think about it, guys. Everything was in place before they spoke one thing. For one breath was spoken to create this It was already in place. Said I think in the book of Hebrews, chapter four I believe, that all all his work was done before the foundation of the earth. So all put in place. Tree was planted, Satan was was ordered, everything everything was in place. Judas was was thought about, everything was in place. Nothing was left to chance. It was all ordained. And he said, God chose him. Chose him. So, it gives him a little bit more credibility, doesn't it? When I start struggling, and I know I have someone that Hebrews tells me, I have a high priest that can be touched with my infirmity. He knows what I'm going through. He understands my struggle. He knows how to help me. He knows how to intervene for me. And then I have the Holy Spirit living with me. says one of his jobs is to intervene on my behalf. And to testify on my behalf. To who? To who? to the Father, that this one's yours, this one, this one, this is what's going on, and convicting me, and convicting the world around me of sin and righteousness and judgment, that's the job, and so he said here, he said, but you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, offering the spiritual sacrifice, the acceptable of God, through Jesus Christ, and that's a mouthful, it? wow, there's a whole lot there, I could spend a whole hour on that, on just that one verse, what did he, what did he say here, you yeah. know, First thing I want to ask you is, you know, since God said in, in chapter 2 and in verse 1, 2, 3, so he said in there, he talked about, he talked about uh, uh growing up. How did how did how did the word help you to grow up? I told you, mean, how did it help you to grow up? How did it help you to grow in your salvation, grow in your faith? You know, it says that that faith comes by hearing, and hearing how? By the word of God. So how did it help you to grow up? If he tell, told us this, and now he's telling me that I'm a living stone, and that he's telling me I've come to the living stone, I've come to the cornerstone, you know, what? What is? how did? How are you growing up from the work? How did that work in your life? Tell me how to do that.
1: Well, it gives you examples of things, I mean, that you can look at and kind of decipher and determine, you know, that you're not off base or that you need to get back on base. It just gives you a, a perfect guide.
0: Okay. Give me, give me something specific that, it, that the, the text told you. He said, oh, man, oh, man. I remember one before I became a Christian. And it says, and they teach for doctrine the commandments of men. And I'm going, what? i read it back again. And they teach for doctrine the commandments of men. What? Oh, no. <laughs> That's what I've been living in my whole life. People teaching for doctrine, the commandments of men, not the commandments. Because I'm reading other parts, and I'm saying, this don't line up with stuff I've been taught. How come this don't line up? How come that don't line up? How come this isn't? How come, you know, I'm reading about this or reading about that, and I'm going, this don't line up. What? Because because I've been taught doctrine that was from the commandments of men. And I'm going, now what am I going to do? Now i got some real harsh decisions to make. Or it says, uh, be sober-minded. Don't get drunk. I'm going, What? What? What am I going to be able left to do?
1: <laughs>
0: I remember the first party I went to, the very first party I went to that this church had. It was a New Year's Eve party. And
1: everybody was sober.
0: And I'd been converted in February, right? No, when, when was it? March? February? I think it was February. It was a couple months before you were born in March, right? Well, it was a couple
1: months in January.
0: No, it was February. It was a month before. She was eight months pregnant. She was eight months. Anyway, we went to Dwayne Wheeler's house. Okay, it was a house that the church owned and had it was over in Castle Hills or wherever. I don't remember where it was exactly. And it was a and it was a balcony. And I was standing up on the balcony on a railing like this. And I'm looking down, and uh, and people are, and there's card tables and domino tables and people, and I'm going, oh my. I said I didn't think this was
1: possible.
0: I didn't think it was possible. I learned that from the book. The book said, "Don't do this." I'm going. I can't do that. I can't. I can't. How am I going to do that? I'm not going to ever have any fun again. I'll never have any
1: fun. You
0: know, if I can't drink, how am I going to have any fun? What these people? These people are a bunch of prudes, man.
1: But you and grew I'm, up around Hollisville, didn't you? Oh yeah. Then, oh yeah. Well, that's what you were talking about, how your culture. Yes.
0: Yeah. You got it. Yeah, I grew up in you know in a German it's German a heritage, and oh my gosh, man, you didn't do anything without You're drinking. All. Everything was drinking. Everything. You know, I mean you poured you poured alcohol in the stew. You were like everything was. Awful.
1: And I'm going And I'm looking at
0: all I'm looking at all these people, I'm going, geez, man, I didn't think this was possible. Like you, I didn't think it was possible. I did not think that was possible. That you I could do that. I have a good and I had a great time. It was awesome. It was an awesome time. You know, and I'm going,
1: Wow. And you remembered no. it the next day. That's what I said. <laughs> no headache. Okay, you know, a lot of and,
0: there, and there was a lot of that stuff that I learned <laughs> and I grew from and I got better and better and better. You know, and then I, then I find out here that I'm a living stone. That I'm that I've come to the great living stone, and now he's made me into a living stone. For what reason? What does it say there he made me into a living stone for?
1: Building a spiritual
0: house. He built me into a spiritual house. You know what he tells what Paul tells Timothy? He said, I'm going to leave you some things to how to conduct yourself in the household of God, which is the church. The church is God's household. So as he's building us into the church, as he's building us into the kingdom of God, as he's building us, he's creating, he's building us on the foundation, on the living stone of Christ himself. We've come to him, and so he's made us into living stones. For what reason? To build us into a house. Not just a house. Look at what he said. To, to being built into a spiritual house. And then what does he say next? To be a holy priesthood. I, I had a, you know, Dwayne Wheel was a big influence in my life early on. You know, for the first year, year and a half, two years of my life. He was a big influence in my life. And uh, he came, I had my shop, was at the airport. And I, and uh, and I had a, a foreign car repair shop. And I was, I was working, you know, I was working 18, 19 hours a day. You know, making a lot of money. And, uh, he came out one day and he said, uh, "He said, you know, I said I'm looking forward to watching you study with someone someday, and baptize them." I said, "I can't." I can't. He said, "Why not?" I said, "Because only priests can do that."
1: <laughs>
0: Here's that piece of meat that he gave me, just to suck on.
1: <laughs>
0: couldn't give it to me whole. I could just suck on it because there was no way I couldn't. I said, "Man, nah, no." He said, "You know what you are," and I said, "Yeah, I know what I am." Don't remind me. Uh, he said you're a priest. Of course, I didn't understand any of that. I didn't understand a text like this. That's what we are. He's created us and built us into a, into a royal priesthood. I want to take you into into uh, Revelation chapter one. We're going we're gonna to come right back. I just want I just want to read a couple verses to you. Uh, we're gonna start in verse four. To the seven churches of the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priest, to serve the God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Now let's chapter five. And he's talking about Jesus in this text, and this is what he said, uh, verse 9. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seal, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priest, to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Okay? Now, go back to 1 Peter. What do he say I'm, uh, he made us into? If I've come to him on his terms, if I've come to Him and and He has washed me clean, freed me by His blood, the blood is what redeemed me, what birthed me was the imperishable seed of the Word of God. What it says in chapter one, did they not say that? We studied that. He redeemed me by the blood. Okay, that means He bought me back with the blood, and He and He birthed me again, saved my life through the through the imperishable seed, which is the Word of God. What it says, go read it. And so he's made me into a priesthood. He's made us into a priesthood. He's made us into royal priests. He made us into a nation of priests. He made us into a kingdom of priests. He's made us. It... Do you see the implications here? You want me to keep going? There's an implication here. I have made you into this priesthood. I have washed you. I have birthed you. I've raised you up and set you on high. And now you have a responsibility. What's the responsibility I have? Look at what he says next. He said, and he, he said, Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Okay? I'm going to take you to another text. Look at Romans chapter 12. This one, this one you ought have underlined, highlighted, put a circle around it this verse. Just one verse. Look at what he said. Well, we'll read two of them. Look at what he said. Therefore, and he's talking about because of God's mercy, because God didn't give me what I deserve, therefore... I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So what did he tell me in this verse? Offer my body as a living sacrifice. What did he say over here? He said, he said over here, he said, then offering spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God. What is a spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God? From chapter 12, verse 1. Offering my body as a living sacrifice. Offer myself. Here, Father, do with me what you please. Do with me what you want. I am good with whatever you ask me to do. But that means you can't say no. Okay? That means you don't have that luxury of saying, I would rather not. Or, yeah, get somebody else. Or, you know, I don't have time today. I really got other things to do. It, It takes that dynamic out of it. Why? Because Jesus has already saved us. He's built us into a house. He's building us on the cornerstone of Him, all right? On the on that foundation of Him, building us into a spiritual house with a job to do. Offering my body as a living sacrifice. Offering sacrifices acceptable to God. Would you say, would you say, if you're honest with yourself, that my life, as I'm going to this this day is going in a direction that is willing. Is I am willing to offer my body to God no matter what he asks me to do, no matter when he asks me to do it. Would, can you say that? Can you absolutely fervently say, I will do whatever you ask me to do. Whatever you call is, I will go, and I will do. And I'm going to offer my body. And then look at chapter 12 again. What does he say? Look at the next verse. He says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. How? You want to watch YouTube? You want to watch CNN, Fox, ABC, NBC? Pick one. Is that how you're going to renew your mind? Please. You're in trouble if that's what you're going to do. You know, uh, what are you going to do? How are you going to renew your mind? He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What saved me? What birthed me? What birthed me was the imperishable seed of the Word of God. What it said, it said, faith comes by hearing, and what? And hearing how? By the Word of God. So if I'm going to try to to transform myself, what I, you know, I mean, I looked at all these techniques, and there was there was hundreds of them that I came across as Chris. You you we talked, you know, hundreds of things that we talked. That I could, I'm going, you know, I didn't stop. I said I've got to do. I've got to apply this to my life. I have to. You know, for my for my spiritual well-being, I have to apply this in my life. That's what I've told you. You've got to You. It's time to stop saying I'm going to and start doing.
1: Uh uh-huh. What's amazing about this book is that on one hand, it can be our spiritual milk. Yeah. But then on the other hand, as as we mature, it becomes meat. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it, it, My when you were asking for examples, mm-hmm. I can think about growing up and you, you hear about David and. About Moses yep. and, and all, the, and Noah and all these people, and you're like, "Oh, I can never be as good as them," right? That's the spiritual milk. I can never be as good as them. But then, as you mature, you're like, "I'm just like them." I'm like yeah. I'm just there. Just and like even, me.
0: and even Jesus told John <clears> the <throat> Baptist, he said, he said, "The least in the kingdom is going to do greater things than John the Baptist did." Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: The least in the kingdom. You can pick out who that is. You can. I, I'll you. Okay say, I'm the least in the ten. I'm going to do greater things than John the Baptist ever did. Yes, ma'am.
1: Well, all I was going to say, and I guess to me, that's what the Word of God is, because I do, I'm do. walking down the path, praying, reading, and then I get over here somewhere and I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. But the Bible reminds me, I can come back, I can be forgiven, and yeah. I can move forward.
0: Yeah. What I like about what Cole's doing in about you know, that, that God's always faithful. Right. God doesn't abandon us. God loves us unconditionally. He loves us. We're his children okay you know, and he loves me and he's gonna he's gonna have his arms open waiting for me to come home that's what he's looking for you know and here he tells me he says don't be tra- conform don't conform be transformed by the renewing of your mind and then he look at what he says next and he said then you'll be able to okay then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will will you be able to know I'll be able to I'll be able to test them. How does this work? Does this work this way? If I do this, is this going to work like you said? Yes, it does. It does. You know, he also talks to me about Satan. You know what I found out? What I found out over the last six months? Satan Satan sometimes gets a foothold in, and, he, and all he wants to do is make you complacent. Put something more important in your life at that moment than him, than God, and you start to get complacent with what you're doing. That's scary. 'Cause it can happen to any of us. All right. That's why we have to be on our game all the time. Sanctified
1: complacency.
0: Sanctified. We've talked about that before. Sanctified complacency. So turn back over here. So we know that we're a we're a royal nation. We're a holy priesthood. We are being built into a spiritual house. So, you know, this is a house, okay? Think about it. Look around you. Look at all the little bricks. Okay? What happened? Any of you builders, I know you are you builders, what happens if the if the foundation's not good? What happens? You guys are going to build a house, right? Uh, y'all are in the process of getting that worked out and getting there. And uh, you know what? What is uh? What's the most important thing in that house? Is not the plans, not the money. The most important thing is the concrete it's going to be built on. That's the most important part of it. Because if it's not good, at some point. How I many of you have bought a house and, and uh, after a while the, the wall started cracking and doors started hanging? And, you know, <laughs> right? We had, we had, a, we had a, a problem right back here all right, on the back part of that building. Remember that? We had to go out there and spend thousands of dollars to jack this thing up, pour beams underneath it, because, it, because if you didn't notice it, if you didn't, the thing went like this, and it cracked the concrete off. Did it, it crack? It. You know, it, was, it was falling. Why do you think we you ever come up here and there's sprinklers going? You know why those sprinklers are going? They're going to keep the foundation wet. Okay, that's what they're that's what they're there for, to keep the foundation wet, to keep I it separate Huh?
1: It's not
0: about, about the grass. grass. No, it's not about the grass. <laughs> it's not about the grass. You plant new grass, that building you know, and because the foundation at one point it was too much weight on it and started to sink or the ground started to get whatever it was, something went bad. Okay? This is never gonna go bad. Never. You understand? Never. You may fall out as a brick, you may crumble as a brick, but the, the concrete underneath you is not. You know, remember what, what uh, Jesus said to Matthew. That, I mean, to uh, to Peter he came in and said, "Who do people say I am?" He said, "Some you say that you're some say you're this, some you say you're Elijah." He said, who do you say I am? And Peter said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And what did Jesus tell him? Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, my Father in heaven. I tell you, upon this rock. I will build my church. He wasn't talking about Peter. Different words. He was talking about the rock of the found of the foundation of Christ and, and what is, what he said just said. He was the Christ, the Son of Living God. If he's the Christ, the Son of Living God, then He has every right and every opportunity and every ability to build this house and make it stand. And you and I get to be a part. Of it. We get to be a little brick. How do you feel be a little brick?
1: And well, no if other, other it, bricks around are okay. <laughs> you know what? You know
0: we're strong enough on the concrete that if other bricks fall apart, I can still stand up on my own. I can still stand. Not it's good because the house needs to stand connected together. Wow! I had no idea that we were only going to get through five verses. <laughs> See,
1: I told you. Was that surprising?
0: Yes, ma'am. Yes, 16. Uh, 16 says, Behold, I am. Therefore, the Lord
1: God said, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a stone, a precious
0: cornerstone of a sure foundation. You'll be here next week because I'm gonna well, we're going to cover those next week. I already got them written down, I just didn't get to them. I've got, <laughs> yeah, some, I've got <laughs> some stuff in the Old Testament that we're going to get to.
1: So, also by the truth when he talks about the priesthood or the priesthood, when he's talking to them, what, is, what was so precious to them back in that day? Because they held so so great all all through those generations. Generation.
0: I'm gonna talk about next week. Okay? We'll talk about next week. <laughs> 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 it's, gonna take, it's gonna take too much. To what what was so impressive to them? They, I, I, in a nutshell, they knew something was different than what they what they were experiencing. This was not like the law. They understood well, something. Was about what are you? They they that uh-huh. temple.
1: of the priest to the
0: for
1: for years. Mm-hmm. Year.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So when he's describing the oil, <laughs> royal, so so royal uh, I'm gonna
0: bring. I'm gonna bring a text up where Solomon said he cannot believe that God would live in hell. Uh, we're gonna. We got. I got something We're gonna talk about next week, and I hopefully bring that up next week, and and we'll and we'll. I'll try to help clarify it next week. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. We're done. <laughs>